T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Welcome, welcome one and all to Wiggins America, the Thanksgiving weekend edition. I am feeling very, very thankful, actually, this weekend. And I hope you are, too. I hope you've had a great Thanksgiving, or maybe you're still doing Thanksgivings like many in, well, in my family still are. Uh, we're still doing that. So I want to talk about a few things, one of which is that uh, this is a great time to reflect on where we are as a nation. And I know that what I should say as I come to you today, is that uh, we're in a bad spot. I'm more looking over American history than I am world history. But when are the times that people look back to and find heroes and find inspiration from? It's always the most contentious times. And I would argue that if we're not there, we're very, very close to being in one of the most contentious times in American history. The heat has been turned up in the last few years dramatically, and it's, it's really something to behold. But when you're in the middle of it, it feels chaotic, it feels difficult, and it makes you just want to escape. But I am here to encourage you today that don't escape. Be the hero. you know. And that what, whatever that looks like, it's going to look like different things for different people. But be somebody who's going to stand up for what's right and not back down. doesn't mean being a jerk. It just means... Uh, sticking to your principles. And that is why, that's why I'm encouraged, I think, is because that's what we're really going to see happen here. If, if America's got a big and bright future, it's not going to be solved politically. Come to this conclusion many times, so not just today, not just recently, over the span of my life, uh, whenever I think about these things in depth, they seem to lead to the same conclusion. Whenever you look at multiple different situations that seem to lead to the same conclusion, you would think, well, maybe there's something to that conclusion. And mine is that our problems are not going to be solved politically. They're going to be solved spiritually. So let's pray. Let's pray for America. If you're not a prayer, then we're going to pray for you because still I believe that this solution that we've got in front of us is one for believers to pray. And once the spiritual environment changes, a lot of these other problems go away. So let's let's do that. And if you don't believe in that, then you think it's all magic anyway. So who cares, right? You're just you're just yelling at the sky. That's what you think is going on. But if you're among us who believe that prayer does matter, pray for the people around you. Pray for your country. Pray for your president. And watch what happens. I believe that that is the way we see real change happening because so many things start there. And they end up in the political sphere. They end up in the cultural sphere. So let's let's attack it at the source. 
And that is my Thanksgiving message. Uh, in the meantime, though, I've been looking at a lot of the news around me, and um, I should be more disheartened, but I'm not. I'm watching messages unfurl that are, are just false. Maybe you've seen them this week. Think back to the way, think back to maybe like Tuesday, the way the uh, the gay nightclub shooting was being reported. Now, it's 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 moved on from there. But think about it at that moment, what you were hearing. I, for some reason, this is going to be a theme of this whole two hours, for some reason have just been consuming lots of leftist media this week. And not just mainstream media, which would be leftist enough, but I mean like avowed leftist media, like um, MSNBC, like Huffington Post, like NPR. And really taking in what their message is. Well, it just so happened this week that they had this gay nightclub shooting in Colorado. And so that dominated a lot of the coverage. But there was other things, too. They talked about democracy at stake and all this stuff. And I like to hear the other side. So, again, we're going to talk more about that later in this show. But I, I wanted to stop for a second and just, in, in the midst of feeling thankful, and maybe you're, you're there, maybe you're not, but that's where I'm at feeling thankful and excited really about where we are as a nation, where I am personally, which I know doesn't apply to you, but that's where I am. And, um, and just where the country is, it's not a good spot, but I think again, going back to what I was saying in moments of very, very contentious times, um, that's the most opportunity for change and growth. And I, I think we're right at that precipice. So that's what excites me. But the messaging that I've heard from the left has, has been, Actually, at one point when I was listening to NPR, it made me red in the face mad. And that's the opposite of being thankful. And so I said, what, why, why did that, that switch flip so quickly in me? And it's because the messaging is not about this crazy person who went and shot people. They're talking about, well, why is this happening? The leftist media is all out just blaming right-wing people. Here's Kathy Hochul. White supremacists, right-wing extremists, and domestic terrorists trying to stoke fear in the hearts of New Yorkers. They want us to think twice about our safety before we worship, before we get on a subway, before we go dancing with our friends. So that's, that's what all leftist media has been echoing. And I think what makes me so mad is that we've gotten to a point where we can't just say this was a crazy person. We've gotten to a point where we're saying, this wasn't just a crazy person. This is actually your fault. If you're on the right, you did this. And that makes me really mad. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Olroy is back in studio with us. How you doing, sir? Fantastic. Uh, this is a... Qu- uh, I've been holding on to this, actually, to talk specifically with you because this is something that Trisha and I actually did a whole segment on and went long because it's just a... It's a it's weird to say this is a rich topic, but it is it is very interesting to talk about. Um, I'll read the headline to you, and I want to get your reaction completely cold. This is, I, don't, I know you don't know what I'm about to say here. Okay. This is from Sky News International, so this is not necessarily an American news uh, site that's purporting this. But they say, even priests and nuns watch pornography, Pope says, and urges priests to delete adult apps. So what the Pope is saying is our priests and our nuns are using their phones, probably, or computers, to, um, to download adult sites and apps on their phones. And it's such a problem that he's calling out the church for it. I don't really know what question to ask because Trisha and I kind of veered off on this and said, um, not is it appropriate, because it seems wholly appropriate to me that he's calling that out. But I guess, does this surprise you? Um, <clears throat> and for, let, let's give a little background here. Yeah. You are dyed-in-the-wool Catholic. You were raised in a big Catholic family. You went to Catholic school. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're, that's why I'm asking you, is yeah. because this is who you are, and you're very much in this world. I think what what surprises me most about it is it it kind of used to be an an uh, an uh, unstated element in in Catholic circles is to avoid even the appearance of impropriety, and so for better or worse, you just didn't talk about things mm-hmm. and. I think in in a lot of ways that has has been a problem for the for the church is that they've avoided issues that they should have addressed. Mm-hmm. But this is one of those things that does does the pope really need to weigh in? I mean, yes, everyone sins. Everybody does bad things. And but but for him to call that out, there are probably some more liberal Catholics who would say, "Well, this is <clears throat> this is good because he's acknowledging something." But you know, we're still smarting from the the abuse um, scandals scandals within the church. In, in a in a way, it almost feels like to me. It, it 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 was better when you just said don't sin, don't do bad things. But they're still doing it. But the, well, right. But I I would prefer maybe I'm a little more conservative than other uh, Catholics. But I would prefer 
let the hierarchy stick to uh, providing positive reinforcement and 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 setting an example and setting a tone for what we should aspire to be, as opposed to. <coughs> And you know it's not making an excuse or 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 justifying bad behavior, but well, that side that should be something that they fix internally, not at such a high level, right? You're saying yes. so this should be dealt with at a local level, not an international level, because this this seems to me like you brought up the scandals, um, the abuse scandals. This seems to me like the Pope being proactive on these things and saying, "Look, we know this is an issue." I'm going to address it. I want to get this out of the dark and into the light in the biggest way possible. But doesn't it fall into, I mean, why does that need to come into the light? Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, well, you know, parents of high school kids saying, well, they're going to drink and have sex anyway. You know, it, it sort of has that feel to me. Well, he's saying don't do these things. He's not saying, well, they're going to do it anyway. Well, but not, not all priests and nuns are looking at pornography. But if you know? you're not, aren't you just saying, <clears throat> okay, great, I, I'm check that box, I'm good there. Like, what, why does it affect you? I don't know. It, and, and, and again, I'm not saying I'm right on this. I'm just saying I, I come from a more uh, conservative background, and we've talked before about the, a lot of things for spirituality. You know, we, Catholics that grew up in the, in the 60s and, and, and 70s sort of, the more conservative Catholics, maybe we were in a way stunted maybe a little bit emotionally and, and socially because there was this sense of, we don't talk, don't about talk it. about it. <clears throat> so I, I come from that and that still <clears throat> permeates a little bit. Like this is a shameful thing. So why are you bringing it up so much? Kind Almost of. like a, that. Well, that's actually why I, why I asked you this question is because I know there's a, there's a much I'm viewing this as an outsider. I'm not Catholic. I'm Christian, so I have vested interest in what happens within the Church of Jesus Christ, not mm-hmm. of Latter-day Saints, but broadly. Right. Yeah. And so I'm interested in it. Um but you're in it and you were in it. And I mean when I, when I say you were in Catholic school, you were like shipped off to Catholic school. You were not at home going down the street. Right. You were like in boarding school, Catholic school. Correct. And your yeah. whole family was if i'm correct right just about yeah, yeah. most of us yeah. so you were really i mean you were in the world and it's interesting to hear you like when i bring this up you have that reaction of no 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 this is a private matter <laughs> you know i it's it's just i'm like watching in real time that happen with you that that's kind of ingrained in you yeah yeah and again i'm not i'm not saying that that's the correct response i'm just that's just kind of my instinctive response uh is is to it's not about denying it or avoiding dealing with it because that i think there's a lot of it that that just this current pope has has rubbed a lot of traditional catholics the wrong way in the way Mm -hmm. he deals with things um and the way and and it's not like uh throw back the curtains and expose because there's no follow-up you can't just say it's there and then not do anything about it and that's what he's done 
with a lot of social issues and with with some of these things, it doesn't feel to me like he's he's coming in and saying let's let's get all this out in the open and fix it. It it's just another uh, progressive social issue that he's not saying that this is, but I mean it it just feels like that's his track record. So when he comes out and says something, it's like he's doing media. Right. Instead of looking inwardly at the church, he's doing a press release. Uh, yeah. Right? That's, that's that, a good way to put it. Okay. That's kind of how well, this, it feels. This is a process question for you, so not as much opinion here, but Trisha and I got into this discussion about this very issue. Obviously, don't have as much knowledge about it as you do, which is why I'm bringing it back up. But when a... Let's, say, let's start with the level of nun or priest. If a nun or priest has been looking at adult sites and everything that goes along with that who do they confess to like another another priest another priest yeah what about when you get up to the level of a bishop or or an archbishop who does an archbishop confess to another archbishop no it can be any priest oh so an archbishop who's high up can confess to somebody under him like a priest yeah really yeah okay because we were trying to figure out how would the pope know this because I mean, I guess we're still trying to figure that out because I still I don't know, and you, you figured just he would figure it out just through, you know, being around. But yeah, I mean, the hierarchy of the church is <clears throat> at, at the end of the day, there for the the men at least, whether you're a bishop, an archbishop, uh, a monsignor, or the pope, you're still a priest, and as a priest, you can hear confession. Okay, so. So there's no, you don't have to go to your boss or your boss's boss. It's, it's okay. You just confess to a, to a priest and it's supposed to remain in that confidential. Yeah. And so for a priest to come out and talk about it, like, oh, you know, all these people in, in my town are a bunch of, yeah you know, perverts. It, 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 there's, there's an element of, you're not supposed to be talking about that. So this is the last question I have for you before we break here. But <clears throat> is there is there a and this may differ from person to person, but is there a comfortable is it comfortable enough to go to a priest and confess anything you want or do people kind of hold back and there, are there are there sins that you're like these are ones I will confess but then I hold these <clears throat> back to myself? No, I think if if that's the case, those people just don't go. Okay, to confession. If the the people who, but I would think once you get up to the a level, certainly of priest or so, if you're abusing a child, you're not going to another priest and t- say saying that, are you? Well, no, because that they can report exactly. So, but it's the people who 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 take it seriously, and you know believe in the sacraments and you know you're not supposed to go to communion if you haven't been in confession technically so um you know those people will say it's it's been ingrained in us for thousands of years you know (laughs) it's it's you you go and you confess because it's about genuine contrition Mm -hmm. and wanting to be better and so i think for most people who practice going to confession that doesn't ever come up that well i'm not going to say the bad stuff 
Hmm. I mean, if you're a little kid, or not a little kid, but, you know, grade schools, when they they start confession, you know, they're, they're not going to want to say the worst stuff. But I think an adult approaches confession as a legitimate opportunity to to confess and be contrite and forgive and improve. Oh, that's good to know. And that's actually why I held this conversation back until I could get you in studio and we had a little time to talk about it because I was really fascinated. But it really hasn't gotten for a press release, whether mm-hmm. he's doing anything behind the scenes or not, I don't know. But for a, I mean, that's a that's a pretty bold thing to be telling the world. Right. And I haven't seen anything about it. I mean, that news story that I grabbed, I'm like, whoa, that's something. I haven't seen follow-up reporting or anything. So whether that means he's not following up or whether it means the media just didn't know what to do with it, I don't know. But it was, it well, was fascinating it, to me. I think it's it's kind of a you know, non-practicing Catholics are going to look at that and be like, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what are we going to do with it? Right. It just seemed like it seemed like it was a ripe story for late night show hosts or news to grab somebody jump on and it do and... little things with it, either with jokes or with you know little featurettes that mm. Fox News does or whatever. Well, the Pope is coming out and talking to his own nuns about adult dating site or you know pornography yeah. site. It just seems like something they would grab, you know. And I haven't seen a bit about it, so. Just wanted to dive in a little bit with you. Want to mention this real quick? I don't have a whole bunch of time here, but I want to sneak it in. Did you see that CBS and at least Catherine Herridge of CBS, who does a good job, she is a good traditional journalist. If there were more of her, that'd be great. But in this case, even the fact that she's doing journalism is a bit of an embarrassment because she's about two years too late to the party, maybe even a little bit more than that. CBS is admitting that the laptop is real, that the Hunter Biden laptop is legit in spite of countless law enforcement agents, CIA, uh, former CIA, saying that's Russian disinformation. You remember that, right? Yeah, that was false. We're going to talk about, actually, we're going to talk in this very show about all the lies we've been told over the last couple of years. I found a list. I've been keeping somewhat of my own list, but I found a robust list. And that one's going to be on there and a whole bunch more. Stick around for that. I, I almost want to just send this list to you. You know, contact me on Twitter at Radio Wiggins and let's just, let's just do it there. But anyway, with Catherine Herridge, she has done journalism and determined that the laptop is real. Watching the Twitter comments section on this <laughs> is, is twofold funny because, first of all, it was about this time last week that CBS said we will be removing ourselves from Twitter. It is an unstable platform. Within two days, maybe three max, they were back on Twitter and dropping this little bombshell. <laughs> this bombshell that would have been one if they had dropped it over the actual target instead of just dropping it into the ocean. So th- there you go. I don't know why that's making news, but it is, I guess, because it's mainstream news. And this is the way it happens. You want to get the real news, you start with places like this where we're talking about stuff way, way ahead of time and stuff that may never break through, but a lot of it does. You know, things like the lab leak, 
Things like vaccine transmission and efficacy and things like that. They start here, and then they make their way. Some of them bubble through to the top. And this one, I guess the news here really is that it has bubbled through. It's less about the news itself. It's just, oh, hey, welcome to the party and watch it again with the comments on this. It was embarrassing. I was looking for something that wasn't the comment saying, hey, welcome to the party two and a half years later. They were all that comment. <laughs> so I was going to like the first one I saw, and I did, and then realized there was no other comment. Uh, so there you go. But in light of that, uh, this one kind of snuck through the cracks too. And if you believe the mainstream media at this point, it's not that they never report anything true. It's that they're selectively true, and they just avoid so many things. And sometimes it's just complete lies. Like this one, shocker. This is from Sarah A. Carter. Washington Post has admitted that the FBI found no nuclear secrets or anything else in Mar-a-Lago in that raid. And the mouth, by the way, the Washington Post, if you're unfamiliar with the way this works, they are the mouthpiece of the FBI and the CIA. The way that relationship works is the FBI and the CIA have very, very cozy. This is dating back to like the 70s. This isn't a new thing. They have a very cozy relationship with the heads of these organizations. So these organizations say, well, this is good for us because then we'll get exclusive stories from the CIA and the FBI that nobody else is getting. We'll be on top of it. We're ahead of everybody else. That makes us look good. Well, that's been going on forever, and it still is. So here we are. Just two little debunks. Let's do a whole bunch more debunks. Actually, stuff that I don't even have to debunk. Everybody already knows it's false. We'll do that next hour, but stick around. Uh, Conversation I want to have with you in a minute. Uh, It's Thanksgiving weekend, so try not to be too deep, but it's just the way we're going. We're going deep. Welcome back, Wiggins America. So I think it's, I like to be a well-rounded person, don't you? You like to know what's going on outside of the bubble that you live in. We all live in somewhat of a bubble. You only can talk to so many people in a day. However, the media that you consume can either open doors to other ideas or completely insulate you from them. But I'm going to make the case to you here that conservatives in general, we have a tough time bubbling out. It's very difficult because the mainstream media, the narrative that's out there, that's everywhere, is not really avoidable. Even if you try, even if you just listen to conservative talk radio and you just read Breitbart or whatever, it's really difficult to completely isolate yourself to where you're only hearing from that side because the other side controls so many major mainstream institutions. Does that make sense? I think that we all probably would agree with that, even if you're on the left, because if you're here, on the, if you're a leftist and you're here listening to this right now, you have sought this out. This isn't something that you, well, 97.1's everywhere. No, you have to seek 97.1 out. We're one place on the dial. If you go to most places on the dial, you're going to hear pretty much the same thing. For instance, think back to the vaccine era. What was everybody, including ads that were purchased on this station, saying? Well, the vaccine is safe and effective, and it's going to prevent transmission early on. We were, were there any voices pushing back on that? Not, not necessarily at the moment that it was happening that it was wrong, but just asking, you know, are we sure about that? And then we find out it didn't prevent transmission. Oh, my gosh. And then it kind of leaks into the mainstream very slowly. That's just one example. Another great one right now is Ukraine. Um, there's only 
certain news outlets, very, very few, that are asking questions about where is all this money going? Why don't we have more oversight over this money? Not necessarily the war itself, but about what our role in that war is. The majority opinion that you know as a conservative, even if you're not trying to seek it out, is that we should be supporting this war. And there's a lot of debate on this even within conservative talk, you know, minds and things. So I'm not saying that there's a side you should be picking on this. I'm just saying you know basically any story, you know what the mainstream media is saying, and then you know whether there is pushback on it, because sometimes there's not. Sometimes it's something like with China, most people agree that we need to be doing something on China, regardless of party. You know, So there are some bipartisan things, and there are some things that we don't even label bipartisan because we all just kind of agree on them. Murder is bad, for instance, that kind of stuff. But any story, you as a conservative, you know what the mainstream is. So my point is that we don't really live in a bubble because we can't. However, the opposite, I think, is true. But if you're a leftist and you're here right now, that's great because you're not living in a bubble. But you have to, if you're a leftist, you have to seek out alternative points of view. They're not made readily available. You you have to search for something like this or you have to look at websites that aren't CBS and ABC and the mainstream. Maybe Fox News leaks in there. That would be the only one that would be kind of mainstream. But my point in saying all this is that even so, I try to listen to more than just kind of the barking at the high levels and listen to um, a little bit more nuanced discussion about some of these things. So I will, I have friends who are leftists who I talk to somewhat frequently, although I'm with kids, I don't talk to my friends in general as much as I used to. I'm just busy. But I'll, I'll tune into NPR and things like that that will dive in a little bit deeper to see well, what exactly are they saying about these things? What, why are they saying that democracy is under attack? You know, things like that. Because maybe I'm missing something and I want to know, am I? Because if there's a hole in my theory, I want to find that hole and I want to make sure that I'm airtight, that I have a good theory on, on what the best way forward is. So I was listening to NPR yesterday, uh, driving in here, actually, just to see, you know, what, what are they talking about right now after the midterms? What are they saying? And I kid you not, it was every talking point that you could have guessed um, about voting suppression, about voting rights. I mean, they were even going all in on um, how immigrants, illegal immigrants, are disproportionately going to be harmed by elections in the future because they can't vote. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I And these kind of things, I, I like to hear them because at times we caricature the other side and say, well, this is my enemy. He's such an idiot. Look at what he's saying. But that's not actually what they're saying. So, like, for instance, when they talk about uh, the right, well, they hate democracy. They're election deniers. And then that's it. There's, there's no real discussion about it. But if you hear somebody like me talking about, well, I have questions about this or that, well, then you have an actual discussion. But those don't happen. So when I heard this, I thought, this is really unfortunate because these aren't even discussions. These are just... These are just talking points, and if I were to debate this person, they would have either hopefully a lot more to say about it that they're not saying right now, but that's the point. They're in a long-form discussion, and they're not saying anything of depth. So when they're saying these things, 
I I got very, very disappointed because I like to think that there are people on the left who are having very, very well-thought-out positions that I just don't agree with, but I want to hear them. And what I heard on, on NPR at least yesterday morning and not that everything but it was just it was a 15 minute clip there that they really could have dove into some of these things and the things they were saying were, were ridiculous like i said the one being that uh immigrant illegal immigrants are going to be at risk of being unrepresented in our democracy because they're not citizens and they can't vote so what i did was i got really upset <laughs> and then i started looking for clips because I thought if these people think and what the whole theme of everything they were saying is they were trying to find oppression as much as possible. Most most of it was racial, of course. That's where they go. So they're talking about uh, on school boards. There aren't enough racial minorities on school boards. Therefore, racial minorities are oppressed. That was that that was pretty much the length of discussion. And then it would jump around and other ways that white people are oppressive Nevertheless, in some of these things that they're talking about, voter suppression especially, they're talking about that here's the oppression, that you have to walk so far to get to a a, a voting booth. Now, the, these are in blue areas. These aren't even Republican areas. So they're, they're complaining that people are oppressive. And if you just peel back the, the very first layer, you're going to realize real quick they're actually c- complaining about Democrats. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's 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 so easy. I, I was so frustrated because I wanted to debate this person so badly and just push back nicely on some of the things they were saying. Well, where where is this voter suppression that you're talking about? Oh, okay, you're talking about cities. Okay. Well, who is allocating resources to those cities and where are people setting up voting booths and, and precincts in those cities? Oh, it's all Democrats. Okay. So what you're saying is that Democrats are oppressing the vote. I mean, it's a very, very quick and easy line of thinking. And so I started looking at just some of the clips that I had brought in for this weekend to talk about other things. And they really kind of all fit into this category of oppression. Where What is real oppression? What does real oppression look like? Because it does exist now. It's just that the left seems to think that they have a monopoly on calling it out. Partially because, as we open the segment, they have the biggest voices, so they're able to do that. But here, here is what real oppression looks like. Now, now this meant you may be like, eh, it's not quite there yet, but, but humor me and listen to this clip coming out of Ontario. So this has come out recently out of the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario. The college sent out a, a letter or a memo to all the doctors in Ontario suggesting to them, now so far they're not mandating it, they're just suggesting it, that any of their unvaccinated patients, that they should consider that they have a mental problem and that they should be put on psychiatric medication. So far, it's just a suggestion, but the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario should not be making these kinds of suggestions. This is extremely unethical, and this is a very, very slippery slope. Uh, if, if they're suggesting that people who wish to have bodily autonomy and, and don't want an experimental vaccine, that there may be something mentally wrong with them, that is a very, very dangerous slippery slope that we're on. Completely agree. That's a very, very dangerous slippery slope. Now, you may say, well, it's just a recommendation from the College of Ontario, but it's a recommendation from the College of Ontario, apparently in a officially cited source that said that at some point in this year, 
that they were saying if people don't get vaccinated, they should be put on psychiatric drugs, basically to make them comply with what we tell them is best for them. Yet we're looking for voter oppression in the cities when somebody can't mail in a ballot or they have to go vote. <laughs> but the thing is, they can they can mail in ballots. I mean, these aren't even these aren't even real arguments. Uh, but again, this is real oppression. Listen to us, the government, or we will force you to listen. Is oppression? How about this? Now that's not America. So that that's one argument is saying, though that's 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 Canada. Okay, that's fine. Uh, well, let's go further. I'm, now I'm going into into China. This is. But my point here is that these are the kind of things that should be talked about. These these are real oppressive things. And if they're even an indication of where we might be headed, we would want to know about these. Now, if you speak Mandarin, great. I don't, full disclosure. Uh, but what's happening there is this is in China. They not, The reason that this video has even gotten out of China, because as you know, China completely controls everything, their internet, their media, and everything. So if a video leaks out of China, it's usually kind of a surprise. We don't know even a third or a tenth of what's going on actually in China at any given moment. But that one was released because it was talking about how cool this new technology is. This is a driverless taxi that pulls up in front of this guy and he scans to get into the taxi and then tells it where he wants to go and it drives him off. There's no driver. So they're showing this because they think, well, this is cool, right? We're ahead of the game. In doing so, though, they show in that video that you have to have a QR code Now, I don't know if that's linked to your social credit or what, but you have to have a QR code to get in so you're already approved and a COVID passport. So you have to have multiple government accepted IDs and those little square, you know, those QR codes to get into even a car. Now, that is way down the road of oppression. Now, you may say, well, it's not a big deal. They're just trying to keep everybody safe. Are they? I mean, really? Even if you're on the left and you're listening to this right now, are you not a little bit concerned about the government telling you that you have to have X, Y, Z before you can get into a car in the future? These are things that we should be watching for. And these are the things that I think that if you are leftist media, shame, shame on you for looking for every tiny blade of grass that could be growing up under a rock somewhere for oppression. And yet you're missing the freaking boulder standing right in front of you. In these things, this, some of this stuff did happen in America, by the way. Shame, shame on American media and the people who run it and the journalists who are in it. And I'm talking about absolutely the people that I was listening to. Not right here in St. Louis because this was somewhat syndicated, uh, but it's in the Midwest for sure on NPR. I, I'm, so, I'm so disappointed in people that are social justice warriors. They have the heart for it. You have the heart. Great. What happened to the truth? You lost your head. You lost your head. Get more at 971talk.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 